welcome to the Full Circle Podcast with Julie, Glenn and Phil. Hello, I'm Emma from Pure Pampered Pure Healing and welcome to the Full Circle Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Full Circle Podcast. This is Phil and that is Glenn. That wasn't me, that was Emma. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Glenn. (laughs) And thank you, Emma, for that introduction. And I would like to introduce Julie, but she's not here. She's with... uh, She's um, stretching herself out today with uh, yoga, so uh, we're expecting Julie later, but not uh, not for this episode today. No, not at all. So, uh, what you been up to, Phil? Oh, well, last week, mm-hmm. what a fabulous day out on Sunday. Oh, yes. At the, uh, the Mind, Body, Spirit with uh, Deanne for Elevate Your Mind in Nantwich. So what some fan- fantastic people we got to meet, Glenn. It was nice. We were saying just uh, before we went uh, for this uh, recording that um, we both felt like we was been let, let out for good behaviour. Been let loose. Yeah, it was brilliant, wasn't it? Some of the people that we got to meet, and mm. it was so accommodating, really friendly. And, and isn't it funny how you point a camera or a recording device towards somebody and their persona changes straight away. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) definitely, yeah. So what else have I been doing? What else have I been doing? I've been working with some families through bereavement this week. Fantastic. um, And preparing for tomorrow because it's um, the 4th of November tomorrow. Um, Is it the 4th or the 5th tomorrow? Do you know what? Remember, remember the 5th of November. I think that's Sunday, isn't it? Yeah, Sunday's the 5th. So, so yeah, the 4th, so tomorrow, just been getting ready for the grief and support group tomorrow. Oh, nice one. Um, had a meeting earlier as well, just regarding the Christmas um, memorial service that I'm doing as well, that I've that put together. Yeah. So busy, busy this week and preparing things, setting things in motion a bit more. That's so, fantastic. What about you, Glenn? Myself, it's been a very busy, engaging week, what with um, teaching, um, also with clients. It's been a full roster this week, and I've, uh, I feel very privileged that I've met quite a lot of new clients this week, and it's been nice to work with them and help them on their path there. So um, doing that, and of course, the, the children are off school and college, so I've kind of seen them a little bit, but... Uh, they're a little bit older now, so they tend to just say, can I go here, Dad, whilst I'm working? So um, it's it's not been as difficult this time around, this this holiday. So mm. it's been really good. I've enjoyed this week. So. Yeah, we've certainly just been having that discussion, haven't we, about as, you, as children get older and start to drive, that relationship changes, doesn't it? It becomes a bit mm. more of an adult relationship where they aren't dependent on you so much. And and as a, as a taxi or um, things, really? Well, that's it. I mean, I, I, were, I, I jokingly said, I think it was on a live this week, um, that at the moment, one of the things that I'm going through is being an empty nester. That very thing. 
Mm. You know, so learning to adapt uh, because it, it works both ways, doesn't it? The child and the parent. So, yeah, completely aligned. Yeah, yeah. So, so let's move on, Glenn. Mm-hmm. We are, we are <coughs> traveling for this episode uh, several miles and we're across in Germany for this episode. We've got a fam- fabulous guest lined up um that you've lined up glenn so thank you for that um um so this guest today is um originally from northumberland um but has but moved to germany built a successful business in germany um so we're going to find out all about her spiritual germany uh spiritual ger- journey <laughs> germany <laughs> that's a good start spiritual journey (laughs) achievements challenges and spiritual um services so please welcome because i am just waffling now (laughs) so please welcome life guide vitality coach and most motivational speaker vicky davison hi vicky Hey, thank you so much. What a wonderful introduction. I am I'm sorry. I'm delighted to be here. I'm delighted to be here as guest on your podcast. Really excited and oh, looking forward to, to see what happens. We're oh. going to have fun, whatever. Oh, absolutely. How's your, how, so let's, start, let's kick off with your week. Vicky, how's your week been? Um, it's probably been quite quiet compared to yours. I've actually just finished a 90-day um, food program, which has been fabulous, um, which is all to do with my vitality coaching, is to do with reconnecting with what our body needs, what the food industry gives us um, and makes, us, what makes our brain think we want. Um, oh, and, interesting. And that has uh, such benefits to the body um, and to the mind and to everything. Um, only the last, the last little bit of it was an optional three-day fast, uh, which I decided to do. I'm gonna, if I do <laughs> things, I do them like 110%. Yeah. Um, so for three days, well, since Monday evening, I had my tea. And Tuesday, then since then, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I have had nothing to eat, only water. And did I enjoy breakfast this morning? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Was it a three feel- or four course breakfast that you had? Oh, it was a good fry up. <laughs> <laughs> a fry up. Oh, lovely. What's the, what are the benefits of having a three-day fast? Well, in effect, it, it, what it does is it moves everything in your body. First of all, it kind of cleans out your whole um, digestive system because we generally hold about three days worth of um, stuff, yes. which is on its way out in our oh, body. Oh, wow. Um, so it lets your whole digestive tract relax probably for the first time in years, other than when you've been ill. You know, basically nature's way of, of letting our body relax and rest, uh, it's to do with the vagus nerve as well, um, is to do with um, when we feel ill, often we lose our appetite. So that's our body telling us like we need to, we need to fight uh the, the diseases or fight all of the nasty things happening or, or uh, so that we can focus on recovery. Um, and that's what we're doing all the time. We're not letting, really letting our bodies, give, we're not giving our bodies that time to keep themselves running at 100%. We're kind of all running at about, you know, some of us 60%, some of us 40%, mm. just going 
managing to cope, but not living with full vitality. So, um, and apart from anything else, it's kind of when you feed the things in, you have to come back slowly. Um, so it's not, we're not going straight back to McDonald's or anything. I, mean, <laughs> I don't do McDonald's anyway, but, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's eating the right foods and that gives your gut the right uh, microbiomes and the microbiomes in your gut are basically, they are your immune system. So if you could feed them and cultivate them, then your immune system is much, much stronger. And obviously, if your immune system's good, then then you feel much better. You're living at 90%, if not 100. Mm, that's interesting. What did catch my eye, well, my ear, should I say, was when you were talking <laughs> about what the food industry puts in to kind of mm. keep us addicted to certain products that they make mm, yeah. as well. So I found that fascinating. Yeah, I mean, the food industry understands not just our psychology, um, but also our basic needs. I mean, if in effect, we still have our, our Stone Age blueprint imprinted within us, um, even though we think we're much more evolved. Um, and technologically, you know, so, socially we are. It's just that our body is still in, those, uh, in that stage of... Um, Stone Age man. That's why we still have fight and flight. That's why we still okay. get stress reactions. Only the thing is, we don't have the dangers which were there then. What we have now are like first world problems, and we react as if they are, they were the tiger standing in front of us. Mm. Um, and it's got to do with breathing too. Like we don't breathe. You know, if you breathe deeply, well, effectively, if you were walking down the street and you suddenly saw a massive tiger standing in front of you, would you go? Oh, as a tiger. Or would you go? <laughs> so like the breathing, this shallow breathing that a lot of us do is keeping our body in a state of constant stress. Um, whereas the deep breathing can let us, let us react. Anyway, this is uh, going off the point. The point was about the food industry. The food industry, um, yeah, they know that sugar Sugar is our biggest craving because sugar in, in those Stone Age times was only available in autumn when we had fruit, basically, mm, or yeah. honey. Fruit and honey are the natural sources of sugar. So when we saw fruit or honey, we stuffed ourselves because we knew it was only there for a short time. Mm. So the body craves, it has a natural craving for sugar. Um, and the food industry know this, so they put sugar in everything mm, definitely. nearly everything i was looking at salt i was there was a hurt like a, a salt i was looking at. it had sugar in it can you believe it <laughs> 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 yeah. baby milk powder has sugar in it to get the babies get them getting hooked. that yeah um i mean forgetting coca-cola and stuff like that it, it's just uh, a lot of savory things have sugars in them. And, and then the second thing they do is they connect food to an emotional, um, there's an emotional link. So, you know, we get all the adverts when the, the Olympics, well, not just Olympics, but you get the adverts on TV, yet the happy families having fun, um, and then the big Coke advert. Or like we get the success things where it's like somebody won something and it's great, um, and it's like a pizza delivery company. Um, mm. You know, it's it's all this. You see it, you see it, and you don't. The connection is made in your head, so you think, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna." You know, I've deserved it. 
and yeah. you go and get. But the point is that all this food is nutritionally lacking, but um, packed with all these other things, all these like artificial stuffs and, um, and the emotional link. So we're eating and eating what we want, but not giving our body what it needs. So the body's always looking for more. So that's, and that's why we all feel a bit sluggish and a bit lethargic and we feel stuffed. And it's like you think of a pizza mm. and it's like, yeah, let's get a pizza. Yay. But then you think, well, how do I actually feel after half mm. an hour after? Yeah. 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 Mm. Two hours after. So, so it's all, what it's all about. I'll, that's enough. <laughs> they're usually the, uh, is it ultra processed foods that we're quite addicted yeah. to? So yeah. a lot of chocolate products are ultra processed, aren't they? So, so it, it kind of like, I suppose like smoking is addictive. Food can be addictive when it's been Absolute. ultra processed. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. We, we crave certain things and there's stuff in it, which makes us want it more. Mm. We were saying actually off air that actually this time of year, autumn moving into winter, winter, not winter, <laughs> um, mm -hmm. you, well, you crave that sort of sweetness, that, that energy boosting food, don't you? You know, um, that's a natural reaction. It's kind of the, the days we know our bodies know that it's autumn. Our bodies know that winter's coming. Our bodies know that when winter comes, um, there's going to be stuff, you know, not, there's going to be a lack of food. Ah, yeah, so of course. now it's looking to store up the energy. It knows that this is a time when sugar is available. It wants to pack that in so it can survive the winter. Yeah. It's just that we, we don't have a, a, a winter. You know, the body doesn't go through that time when there's suddenly nothing available or very little available. Yeah. Because we have markets who've created permanent global summertime and everything's available all year. Yeah, we see animals do that, don't they? But we don't. We don't need to do that. Like squirrels, I suppose. You see them uh, yeah. collecting nuts and chestnuts and all sorts in the in in nature at this time of year. But it's not something that we need to do, is it? Ourselves now. No, no, no. Exactly. We've lost that connection to nature, whereas animals haven't. Mm. So, Vicky, can we ask you to dive deep and tell us about? your spiritual journey, how you became to be walking on your spiritual path. <laughs> That's a really interesting one. Um, because I, I think I've always, I've always been connected with nature. I grew up in the countryside and um, I've always had animals. I've always been close to animals. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, but I've never really re realized that it was spiritual. I've never really followed it. I've never really done anything until only about three years ago. Um, and one of those bizarre random things, which aren't actually random when you think back, they're meant to happen. Yeah. Uh, I was actually going shopping, going to a grocery shop, and there was a queue. I think this was in COVID times or just after COVID times. And we were queuing outside and there was like a queue of 20 people and I was standing there and there was a little shop, which I'd never seen before, uh, nearby. And it just looked, I didn't know what it was. It was mm. like, it had funny things, funny things in the window and there was a bit of a weird smell coming from it. <laughs> Wasn't um, me honest. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought, well, should I stand in the queue or should I just go and do something? And 
wait till the queues disappeared. So I walked into this little shop. It was had like purple things in the window and Buddhas and stuff like this. And mm. I just walked in, not really knowing what to expect. And there was a girl behind the counter and she looked at me and she said, we've been expecting you. We were wondering when you were going to come in. <laughs> Whoa, that's spooky. And, and then she used my name. That was the bit. I thought she could say that to everybody. Yeah. But then she, she used my name and said, you're welcome here, Vicky. We're glad you've arrived. What? <laughs> wow. Where was That's, this? In Northumberland? In, in Northumberland, in Coolbridge. In oh Coolbridge. Um, and she said, if you've got time, I would love to read your cards. And I was saying, you know, kind of what cards? I was thinking mm. birthday cards, Christmas cards. What is she going <laughs> to? <laughs> anyway, I, I, I'm open for anything. So I just said, yeah, okay. So she sat down and pulled some cards. I can't, I have no idea what they were. Um, and what she told me was my life so far the situation I was in, the problems I was facing, what I needed to do or what I could do to kind of try and overcome it and what the outcomes could be. And at the end, she said, you know, you've got the connection. You've got the gift. You need to do something with it. The spirit." calling for you to do something with it and that was how it started wow what an introduction i want to know <laughs> what happens next yeah what happened there? <laughs> how did how, what how did that how did that make you feel though telling somebody telling you that well um kind of shivery down my back and goosebumps on my arms and a bit kind of, this is a bit woo-woo, um, but hey, like I say, I'm open for anything. Um, I've always been, a, my motto for life is try everything you can, do everything you can, and don't hurt anybody on the way. So it was like, well, yeah, why not? Go for it. And so um, I think I thought about it, and then I went back, maybe I went and got my groceries, I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> And then I went back in and said, okay, I, I feel my, my gut's telling me it's right. But how? What do I do? Um, and then she kind of said, she said, well, do, just learn. So, you know, I was like, well, how? And she said, well, th there are classes, which we do. Um, and just join one and see how, see, how, you know, no obligation, just go on. I think she said, try one for free and um, see how you feel and off you go. Um, see, see if it feels right, see if it's for you. So I think that was my first class with Glenn. Oh, wow. <laughs> or may, maybe there was one or two before with pure tarot cards. Mm. Um, and then I, then 
then yeah and then it because i remember doing one where it was tarot cards and it was like um yes i'm here but i don't have any cards yet (laughs) (laughs) um that could have i can't remember glenn but i know you were very very early on my path and we just you're such a patient insightful wonderful inspiring teacher or guide whatever you want to call yourself who just um gives us the confidence to believe in ourselves um and helped us develop these these gifts we have but don't recognize and i've come so far with you and i'm so 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 grateful and i'm always excited for where we're gonna (laughs) thank you vicky i appreciate that there's one thing that, that I like to add. I always say that, that my role really is just, I'm not doing the work. I'm just reminding you who you truly are. So you're just getting that connection back and you're you're doing the work yourself. So, you know, credit where credit's due, I would say that you've done this work. You put the time in and you, you've trusted the experience there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Out of all the different um, classes that you've been on with with Glenn, then Vicky, what sort of thing do you enjoy doing the most? What sort of exercises <laughs> do you enjoy doing? Well, Glenn is always challenging us and pushing us out further and taking us um, on on interesting interesting tasks and journeys. Um, difficult, difficult. Uh, I love the Akashic records. Um, I love some of the, uh, I love the way he does cards where we don't just look at the card and we're feeling it and taking the energies on board. But we do a lot with um, just connecting with someone um, and just feeling, you know, connecting with their feelings, connecting what they're going through, connecting with their emotions. Um Connecting then with their spirit guides and see, or seeing what the spirit guides have to tell them. Um, we do all types of stuff, all with ob- objects and uh, finding a message with fit within the object or photographs. I mean, it's or automatic writing. Oh, that's actually a really good one. Uh, <laughs> never a dull moment, <laughs> is it? I like to keep you on oh, your toes. but some of the automatic writing what comes out is absolutely uh powerful powerful and incredible um i mean i've written some of them afterwards i've taken a nice piece of paper and written them and read them i've got one stuck on my wall because it's so powerful um reminding me that what you know my voice needs to be heard like what i've got to say is my need to get my message out there, but I need to have the confidence to do that. Um, and it, it, yeah, just go believe in myself, basically. Um, but we, we've done it with like messaging rather than writing it. We've done it with drawings, like trying to work, deconstruct a, the automatic drawing to kind of work out what, what that means, or even just um, like channeling taking the message and breathing in and then breathing out and just passing it on. Mm. I mean, it, it, yeah, it's great. It's great. I love it. I love it. It's just always, <laughs> always really good. And it's always exciting. 
And it's always pushing us like so close to our boundaries and sometimes beyond. <laughs> oh, bless you. Thank you, Vicky. Um, so let's talk about actually your passions as well, you know, which are entwined, I would say, with your spiritual journey. Can you talk us through those? Yeah, I would love to. Um, yeah, I've got kind of through I've my main I've got three main passions. Um and this is based on my experience with people. And like I said before, a lot of people aren't living their lives to the full potential. They're not living to that 100%, that like 110% is what we want to live to. They're living, you know, about 50, 60, 70%, whatever. So what, what, I, what my passion is, what my desire is, is to kind of uh, to help people overcome the doubts and the limits and the expectations we all have, which are holding us back. Um, we, we're not really aware of these because it's, we've grown up with them. We took them on as children from our parents, from our society, from our schools, from authority. And those, those conditions have become beliefs. So they're restricting us. And that's preventing us from having that rewarding life that, you know, what I want people to do is live a fulfilling, rewarding, joyful life with meaning and purpose. You know, when we've got meaning and purpose in our life, then that gives us focus, it gives us goals, it brings happiness, we can see progress. Um, and if it's something we're aligned to, then that brings us joy, happiness, it brings us community, it brings us so social network um it's fulfilling rewarding and it's it's just leading giving us somewhere to go and giving us a route to get there which is what we all want and then the second one mm -hmm. which i've already mentioned is about food and nutrition it's so important it's like if you have a race car would you put would you put leaded petrol in it you know or would you put the not you know let's let's forgetting about unleaded petrol but you know, would you give best petrol available and the best oil or would you just like put whatever's going cheap in it or whatever's going because that's what you think it's going to um, make it shiny? Um, you would give it the best fuel available. And that's what we need to learn to do with our bodies. Give it the fuel it needs so that it can perform like a racing car and not like, not like, um, like a wind-up toy. <laughs> well, that's right. That's, I've got the, that analogy. It's like real racing car rather than a wind-up racing car, which gets that dose of energy from its sugar and it's from its, from its donut and muffin, and it'll go, woo, and then it just drops. That's the difference. That's yeah. the difference. Yeah. Sustainability, yeah. 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 Sorry, in the third third one, I'm I'm going on a bit of a rant again. <laughs> <laughs> We're enjoying third it. Is, Carry on. <laughs> is, yeah, it's to help people communicate because again, communication is is such an important part of our lives. But again, back to childhood, we're not taught really to express ourselves. No. We're not to express how we feel, emotions. We're not taught um just how to talk to people, how to avoid conflict, how to stop being triggered, how that effectively we're all, we all just want the same. It's not us and them. So, so the communication 
is such an important part of our lives, which we can learn. We can, rather than having the same battles again and again and again with the same outcomes. I think it was it was Einstein who said, um, you know, the definition of an idiot is uh, doing the same thing again and again and expecting a different outcome. So it's it's this idea that we have to, if we can change something about ourselves, if we can change the way that we can communicate, then we can avoid conflict and we can create resolution and progress and live in harmony with all the people we need to. Um, and that way our life is suddenly, it's full of smiles and laughter and love and friendship and gratitude and value. Because what better can there be in life than just to be able to communicate with everybody on a really good level mm-hmm. and for them to communicate you on the same level? So they're my three passions. That is fantastic. (laughs) You can certainly hear that passion in your voice there as you're communicating that very clearly as well. Thank you. You're right. We we aren't taught from an early age how to communicate properly, are we? Or how to communicate effectively. Um, No. No. Well, I suppose we are taught more how to be guarded um, and protect ourselves rather than let people in um, and and make ourselves vulnerable. Yeah, I mean, it's all, it's really all about vulnerability. Um, you know, we're, we are, we're terrified of becoming vulnerable because it's, in our society, it's seen as being weak. Um, and also our society is based on, I mean, there is a lot of language stuff I could go into, which is how language evolved from, um, this patriarchal society where it was all to do with, oh, not particularly patriarchal, but a power society where we have kings, we have like the knights, we have the basically a, a hierarchy of power. Um, and this was passed down and language reflects that. So any sign of weakness was, any sign of vulnerability was a weakness, which meant, you know, they didn't, you weren't part of the tribe because the tribe had to be strong. Um, so we're not taught how to, how to, how to communicate, you know, how how to express our desires and wants or how to, like even, like I say, I mentioned feelings before, but it's even simple things like how to express our desires. How couples where, you know, often the guy doesn't take out the rubbish and when the woman says, oh, you know, please will you take out the rubbish or like, will you not take out the rubbish? Then he's immediately defensive and it creates that suddenly you've got anxious, you know, that attention mm. rather than harmony. But if you can work out that maybe if she says, I need a strong man to take out the rubbish or like, you know, um, puts it in clear st- in a clear sense that I would like you to do my, to, to do your part of the work because we're living together and we all have our different tasks to do and justifying the reasons. Yeah. Um, we're not, we're not, we're not taught any of this. And it's such a, it creates so much tension when we could be living in harmony. Mm. Or listening. We aren't taught how to listen to people. No. Oh, again, I could go into loads of stuff here about <laughs> this four stage of listening. Um, the fir- yeah, the, I think the first stage is imagining you're living in a hut with all the windows shut, where basically all, all you're hearing is your own thoughts, your own opinions, nothing else. And you're not really aware it's like being in an echo chamber. You're not really aware that there's a big world out there and different opinions. 
And the second one is, the second stage is, there are names for them, which I can't remember, where you like open the window and you suddenly become aware that there are, actually, there is a world out there. But at that stage, you're hearing other opinions, but you're not prepared to accept them mm-hmm. because you're still in your, your house. And I think the third one is where you dare to venture outside and you're like, um, actually then prepared to say, yeah, people live in different kinds of houses. Look, I'd never seen that before. So you're prepared to accept that there are people with other opinions. And I think the, the fourth one is where you're really able to put yourself into their shoes and understand fully their opinions. So you become totally empathic um, and can put yourselves in their position to understand why they think the way they do and why their thinking is different to yours. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. And when, yeah, we're not taught how to listen. We but active we listening, deep yeah. listening is something we all should learn to do. Listening to understand. Yeah. P- pardon, did you say something? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it was begging to be said. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, Vicky, you are currently training as an AI master. Yeah. yeah. Can you tell us about that? What is that? Whoa, whoa. Um, um, yeah. I said woo woo before about um, the spiritual world, but this is, this is like, uh, this is woo woo, woo woo on a mega scale. Um, AI is something at the minute which we read about, <clears throat> hear about. Um, it is terrifyingly exciting it's kind of not i'm i'm fascinated in technology i'm fascinated in in progression so i like to understand what's happening and i like to understand where it's going and i like to understand how it's being used because so many things they might be created for a good cause but what they're actually used for is not in effect it's like the guy who made the nuclear bomb said, I only, invent- I only designed it. I didn't um, press the button. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> it's, that, it's that thing. It's like the, uh, what's possible and how it's used. So AI is, um, it is, I mean, it's changing every day. There's new developments every day. And the point is, it's t- it is, it is taking over our lives like it or not it's happening and we cannot stop it Mm -hmm. Um, it starts with like we have simple like language learning models like I'm sure you've heard of chat GPT where you can just uh, get it to you know write a book for yourself you can get it to write an email you you can train you you train it using what you've already written um, like articles, blogs, if you're doing Instagram, if you're doing LinkedIn, whatever, you can train it on what you've already done and say, right, I need like more like this. And it'll then produce it in your style. That's very much like a lot of social media platforms because they prompt you what to put nowadays. I've noticed that on certain platforms. Okay, then then that's a kind of prompt which you can you can get chat GPT to create what mm. it's looking for. Um, so you've got the language learning models, but then you've also got stuff like Midjourney, which is where you can create images. Um, and you basically tell it 
what image you want and it'll create it. And I mean, this is not just a kind of simple image. This is, you can get photographic images which look so real. It's unbelievable. You can get like cartoon images. You tell it what kind of image you want and it'll produce it. Um, and again, I was playing around with it and I got it to, to I just had a thought and I've got this thing about um, Rembrandt's in the attic, this idea of we all, we all have stories to tell. We've all been through challenges. We've all had hard, we've all got so many stories within us, golden nuggets, but we don't realize that other people can learn from those stories. Mm. We just see them as things which have happened to us, not as something which is um, worth telling because other people will then learn from it and, and can use it. Um, so anyway, that got me onto thinking, I could use Midjourney to recreate um, some undiscovered masterpieces. So I told it to like, right, I want an undiscovered masterpiece from Van Gogh. Or from an idea from like very, and it came. Um, Monet, Monet was, or how do you, how do you say it? Um, the French guy who apparently yeah. had cataract, which is why all of his paintings are a little bit blurred. <laughs> oh, um, okay. <laughs> yeah, Didn't apparently. know that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and I got, I, they're, they, they're incredible. They are incredible. And in fact, I put quite a few together and threw in one real one and sent it to a few friends of mine who are arty. And I said, what do you think of these? One of them is real. Which one do you think it is? And they couldn't, well, a couple of them, a couple of them picked it out, but the other ones said they all look familiar. So, but the point is again, Ed, sorry, the point is that where's this going? Because if I can mm. do that, then how do we know what's fake and what's real? I mean, okay, we can go back in that case. We can go back and see because we, we know what the real ones were, but like photography, how do we know it's real? How do we know it's not? Like and and it's all to do with copyright and it, in effect, it, your whole stock photography, your whole um, artists, your whole photographers, those jobs are kind of mm, on the line. Mm, there's a question mark after them, isn't it? Yeah, the sounds of that. Absolutely, yeah. But then you've also got the video production. Then you get into like avatars. You can create your own avatar, and we've I've been looking at some of that. You you basically can upload yourself for like a few minutes. And um, with that, you, you can create you. Um, it has your gestures. It has your lips moving. It has your facial exp expression. You can then, there's also a thing called 11 labs where you can record your voice. Um, and then you can put your voice and then like you use GPT to like say, I want a speech on something and chat GPT will give you the speech. You then feed that into Eleven Labs, and you get your voice reading that speech, and then you feed that into your avatar, and suddenly you have yourself. You're looking at yourself reading this speech in your wow. voice. You have written, and and then and then as the icing on the cake, you can get it translated into Chinese. So you watch yourself speaking in Chinese, reading this uh, speech that you haven't written in your voice using your expressions you're looking at yourself you I can mean, actually watch yourself yeah it's you you've created your avatar you upload your avatar you but you you do you do a short talk in front and it's recorded and from that that's enough for them to create this, this avatar is what they call it um it's you you're it is you you're looking at 
That is it, amazing. It's, it's amazing, but it's scary. It's it is, yeah. and and it's almost like I've just I've just had one of those a <clears> random <throat> a random thought. To be honest, like what is the what if this is us waking up to realize and realizing that actually we are already in a simulation. And, and, <laughs> well, uh, and maybe that we are avatars creating avatars that are going to create an avatar or and then an avatar and an I avatar. Like I wonder how far back it goes as being avatars with an avatar with an avatar with an avatar. <laughs> that is deep. I love that analogy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is, this is the whole point. It's like, and this is one of the things I'm really getting is that that that's a line between fake and real mm. between just said are we really are we is this are, a real we, life? are, we, are we real are now life or are we just somebody else's avatar mm. May, like said there and and this is where i also come back to the spiritual journey because um you know, in the past, there was always a, a, you had this feeling for like what was right and what was wrong. Yeah. And like I said before, I trust my gut, uh, my gut feeling. But when, when you've got that situation, you know, even your gut feeling, you start to question, even that natural intuition, you, you start to, mm, maybe. And that's frightening. That's worrying for me. Definitely. I mean, I think you raised a good point there. I mean, if you consider that all of that is happening now and has been happening for quite some time, when you look at uh, news bulletins or headlines, you know, how do we know that that's not been maybe constructed in this same way? We don't. I mean, there mm. are, they already have these avatars, news, news readers in India and Australia, I think, and in, quite, in Korea and in quite a few other countries. They have avatars reading the news. Wow. I mean, like, and, and you know, basically, the sad thing is that people, people love them. Um, I suppose it's yeah. going back to the 1980s. There was a character called, was it Max Hedrum? And it's yes. a very crude version of, of an avatar, isn't it? But, um, yeah, they could get him to sing along to songs and do anything. And that was like, was it the early 1980s when he came out? So this technology has been around a while, hasn't it, would you say, you know, behind the scenes? I think, I think the, 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 yeah, the, the roots of it were there, um, but this is just mind-blowingly kind of... Uh, it's moved moved on a lot since then. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's... it's uh, the technology and the um, just the reality of it is that's what's different. So obviously, with your spiritual journey and now learning to be an AI master, what is your intention of? Are you going to fuse <laughs> the two together? What is your intention of <laughs> where you're going to go with this? I've no idea, um, but <laughs> it's stands. exciting wherever it goes. I. <laughs> I just love the journey. Um, it's one of those things. <laughs> Sorry, I've got a wonderful little book called um, "Big Panda and Tiny Dragon," um, and it's it's just a it's based on a lot of Zen um, and Buddhism kind of theory, not theories, but just thoughts and stuff. And one of the things is in there is um, Tiny Panda asks Big uh, Tiny Dragon asks Big Panda, which 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 is better uh, in the 
what what's the best thing about the journey? Is it the journey or is it the destination? And Big Panda replies, it's the company. Oh. And that, yeah. I just love that. And I love that idea of like, it's not about the journey. It's not about the destination. It's about like the people you meet on the way and just, just letting it flow. Experience, yeah. Let it flow, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, I like that. That's fantastic. So uh, we look forward to hearing where this journey goes as an AI master mm -hmm. and a spiritual guru, maybe. <laughs> um, can we ask you, Vicky, about, because I believe that, that you're very passionate about charities and helping charities. Can you tell us a, a little bit about that? Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's an interesting one. I'm not going to go into the history of it, but um, mm -hmm. anyway, there is some. Uh, uh, yeah, anyway, charity charity challenges is something I started uh, in about 2019. I'd never done any charity challenges before. I'd had nothing to do with charity. I'd have nothing to do with challenges, um, and I was looking for basically at that point I was reinventing my life. I'd lost everything. I'd lost my home. I'd lost my life. I'd lost my husband. I'd lost my future, I'd lost my past. I was like, I remember writing a thing and it got down to the bottom. I am nothing. I exist. Um, and I needed something to work towards. I needed mm -hmm. a goal. I needed a purpose. And a bizarre thing, there was an article in the, in the journal, I think it was in, in Newcastle. I was, um, and it said a charity challenge. Um, we're looking for people to take on a charity challenge, which involves taking visually impaired people, other blind people, um, trekking in Kerala, in, in India. And I was like, oh, huh? what? Wow. <laughs> visually impaired people trekking in India. That's kind of crazily interesting. <laughs> 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 um, and it was partly the travel, because I hadn't done a lot of traveling outside of Europe. Partly the blindness, because I had a, I used to have, I had, I had a couple of Labradors, um, and one of them had diabetes. It was genetically inherited, which apparently in Labradors gets passed down the female line. Um, and it doesn't show until they're about seven or eight. So when they're breeding them, they don't know. Uh, and she unfortunately went blind. So I'd had a blind lab. My dog was blind for about five years. And seeing how she coped with it and seeing how I coped with her being blind mm. uh, was really interesting and opened my eyes to a whole different way of understanding the world and perceiving the world. Um, and it also is one of those, I find it kind of both fascinating and terrifying. So... Um, so that the, obviously the blindness then appealed to me, helping blind people and then trekking. Obviously, I, you know, I, I, I used to live in Scotland. Um, I've lived in Austria. I've lived in southern Germany. I love the mountains. I love hiking. So it was like, yeah, that's me. Uh, so that was it. It was like, I up that evening, um, like walking into that shop in Corbridge. like, yeah, just do it. Like, see where it goes. Uh, so I signed up and they said, great, you're on board. Now you've got to raise 10,000 pounds. It was like, Oh, what? <laughs> how, how do I do print. that? <laughs> mm. <laughs> so that's what a charity challenge is all about. Yeah. 
So it was like, right, okay, get my business head on. Um, right, let's write to companies, local companies, and say what I'm doing. And obviously, they obviously they're going to support me. You know, <laughs> like so I sent out letters, and the first one came back and said, "Thank you. This sounds very interesting. Uh, we wish you luck with it." But obviously, we get a lot of requests for char for for charity support. Um, and we have our own, which we support. Mm. We have our charity, which we support. So good luck and goodbye. Okay. And the second one came in the same. And the third one came in the same. And by about the 10th reply, I'm thinking, this isn't going to work. And I think then, then my mother said to me, coffee mornings. That's how we used to do it. Coffee mornings. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, oh, we're part. You know, this kind of thing is like, that's fine if you have a network and a social group. Um, it would work. I didn't know anybody. I had no friends. I had no network. I had no support group. I was me. That was it. So obviously that wasn't going to work. And even like the thought of a coffee morning, the amount of work involved in getting it ready, the amount of people you would need to do it, like two hours where you have no idea how many people are going to come was just a no-brainer. It wasn't going to... Mm. Sorry, it, one starter yeah um and i so i tried various things and you know what actually worked eventually how i made that ten thousand pounds you know how no idea it was um actually i passed in, in hexham i passed uh, somebody on the street with a charity with a little shaky can you know collecting money oh yeah yeah and i just started i put some money in it like i often did and just started talking to them and then i thought well how do you get, how are you, can I do this? Can I just bring my can? And she said, um, no, you've got to apply for a license. So I, I then researched how that worked. I applied for a license and I worked out that all the big charities had all the Saturdays already booked because apparently there's only, only one charity allowed in, this, in the main shopping street per day. And the big charities had them all booked because finding volunteers wasn't a problem for them. Mm. So I thought Tuesday's market day, I'll go for Tuesday's. And Tuesdays were like nobody was interested. So I actually just got my license for as many Tuesdays as, as a, I think it was about five months, four months or something. I got Tuesday every week. It meant I could go down when I wanted. I could stand when I wanted. I could go for a cup of coffee when I wanted. I could come back when I wanted um, and just smiled at people and talked to people and listened to people. And that's how I made 10,000 pounds that charity that is incredible yeah what a feat of bravery in itself that's before you've even started the expeditions <laughs> yeah. wow. and then it then i had to learn how 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 to how do you guide blind people how do you guide, guide blind people you know um and how do you guide them trekking but that all started actually we met we'd had a couple of training sessions before which was to do with how how, how you guide them, how they hold your arm, how you have to talk all the time, or not talk all, all the time, but you have to be aware of things. So you have to tell them there's some steps coming up and they're going down, you know, or they're going up or, and there's a yeah, door coming yeah. and it looks towards us. Um, simple things like that. And when we, when we got to, uh, we, we flew to Southern India, we met them like in Manchester is where we flew, flew from. And I think three of them we met in Manchester. They, they came from from Finland. From there was about five from New York, um, and we had day buddies and we had night buddies. So the day buddies 
we were we were guiding through the day. So that's when we were out doing things, and you were having to guide them what what uh, what the track was like, what was coming up. But they were often really interested in explaining what was around, or they would smell something, and they'd say, "What's that smell?" Or they would hear something, and they would say, "What was that?" Mm. Uh, and but then then the evenings ones was where you had to look after them in the hotel, make sure that, like, for example, you had to take them to the room and uh, explain how, where the bathroom was, where the toilet was in the bathroom, where the shower was, how the toilet flushed, how the t- taps turned, yeah. that type of thing. And in the, in the restaurant, it was like you showed them around and you would go to the buffet and put food on the plate and then take it back. And then you would basically say, right, on the plate, you've got the, the curry, the hot curry at 12 o'clock, you've got the rice at 3 o'clock, You've got the salad at six oh, o'clock. Oh, wow. that's you, a good technique. Yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah. And I'll tell you one of the one of the really um, one of the moments which really hit me hard was when I took somebody to a room, and I uh, I I put the card in and got them in and told them everything. And she sat on the bed and I said, "I'll come later." And she said, "Oh, take the card because then you can let yourself in. Knock on the door and let yourself in." So as I went out, I took the card out and it went dark. And I said, oh, no, um, I'll put the card back in. I'll just knock because it's dark. And she said, don't worry. It's dark anyway. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and it was like, whoa, yeah. You, you, and that way you really appreciate your eyesight and what, what beauty there is out there to behold. Yes. What beauty there is in everything when we look for it. I must say, I mean, I am in awe of what you've done. I mean, £50,000 for charity. Um, yeah, it's not bad, is it? <laughs> yeah, it's good. And doing the National the Three Peaks in 24 hours. Uh, yeah, that was fun. That was great fun. Skydiving. I would love to do that. <laughs> what do you feel? Do you know yeah. when you do that? How do you feel? <laughs> when, do you know, th- at, that, at that point where i don't know if you, are you pushed out of the plane or do you have to jump out but <laughs> i was going to say that I, I would feel my pants getting heavier <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was another one of these things where i think it was it was a couple of girls who'd been on the india trip and we were just celebrating and then somebody said i've always wanted to do a skydive and like it was like it suddenly went round the table and who's on for it and I was like yeah of course I'm on for it you know me I try everything do everything um so it was like suddenly I found I'd signed up for it and it was like oh sh- no no <laughs> <Shoot>. <laughs> um anyway it happened and it's like I, I did it as a, a dual thing I was strapped to somebody uh, obviously so uh effectively what, what it is, they're tiny little planes. I didn't realize that. They have no seats in them. And you go through all this stuff at the start where they train you, train you what to do a little bit. And you get the gear on. And then you put the big like leather hat on. And then you put the goggles on. And it's like getting a bit real now. <laughs> and I can smell kerosene. <laughs> and I can hear the engine starting. Oh, and then the, the thing strapped on your back. And you walk out with the, with the guy he was i was going to jump out and i'm thinking i can do this i can do this i can do this <laughs> and up the stairs into this plane and i think once we got in the plane he strapped us on 
Um, so I was strapped to him at that stage. We sat on the floor. Uh, there's no, like I say, there's no seat. So he, leg, mm-hmm. legs apart, I was like tucked, tucked up like next to him because obviously I'm strapped to him. And the plane took off. And it wasn't like, you know, our normal passenger planes when we go on holiday where it's like, oh, off we go. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this was like full revs on and it was get up as fast as possible. Obviously, kerosene was expensive. So it was like going up in like a spiral as really sharp, um, very acute, going up sp- ascending spirals. Um, and then some people had opt- opted for the 10,000 feet jump. And again, I thought, if I'm going to do it, I'll do the big one. And suddenly we were at 10,000 feet and it was like the door opened. It's like, well, I can, mm, sh- that's kind of like scary. And they started disappearing. And it's like, whoa, there's only a few left now. And the door shut and we continued going up. We continued getting, going up. And then the door opened and there, I think there were three of us. And the first person disappeared. And we were moving now towards this door and you could feel the wind. You could hear the motors. You could kind of, you could, it was cold. Uh, and then, and then this was one of the worst moments. My friend in front of me disappeared. Suddenly she was at the end of the, she was sitting on the door and gone. Just like that. It wasn't <gasps> like a, off we go. It was like gone. Um, and then I was, oh no. Oh, I hope she's all right. <laughs> and then yeah. we moved to the front. And it was interesting. I remember being extremely calm in that moment, just really calm. And it suddenly we were, I was at, we were just looking at the ground. And I don't think, I think the free fall was 9,000 feet. Yeah. Um, and then he pulled the, pulled the cord at 6,000. That free fall, I don't think I breathed. I don't think I closed my eyes. <laughs> but I was in a different place. I was just so calm yeah um uh, i am so, yeah i am so sorry because we are rapidly running out of time oh, and, I and, but i want to ask you vicky where can people in the in the minute that we've got where can people find you how can people contact you okay um my, i have a website the website is uh com. that's Future Nearing You, F-U-T-U-R-E-N-E-E-R-I-N-G-U.com. It's like, I engineer the future. I engineer your future so that you can live the best. We can design the future so you live the best future. Um, If you want telephone number, it's uh, 07548 666 That's 07548 666 403 or um, my email is vicky at com, or you can find me on facebook or instagram um is that okay yeah that that's perfect. perfect and i am i am certainly going to uh find you on facebook and instagram now so yeah yeah definitely it's vicky thank you so much it has been an absolute pleasure um to talk to you so thank you and thank you everybody else thank you for listening thank you glenn namaste everybody namaste glenn namaste thank you vicky bye thank you for listening and continuing to support the full circle podcast don't forget to find us 
Facebook page.